we go. You are listening to Only the Important Stuff, and I'm your host, Jeff Heinrich. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. Hope everybody's having a fantastic week. Fall is in the air. We are doing it up here. We're getting a little bit of a break up in Minnesota. It's kind of nice to see. 63 on Tuesday, which is really tough to comprehend mid-November. And I know everybody tuned in to only the important stuff to hear a very random weather update. So my apologies. Uh, On today's episode, a guy making his fourth or fifth appearance? I have lost track. Chief superfan, Mr. Ross Bielewski, graces the airwaves or the pod waves. I don't know what we call that. But he comes back on the show. And this time, it's less about screwing around, having fun, making fun of him type of things. I really wanted to sit down with Ross. And I told him this from the beginning. Wanted to sit down with him and just get to know him and his business slash professional side a little bit better. And it was a really good conversation. It was fun to catch up with him and kind of hear you know, what the spark was for him to go out and start something on his own and become his own boss and then hear about the challenges, the successes, all the positives and negatives, so on and so forth, and really just get a glimpse into his psyche and the way he thinks. And it was it was really, really good to, to hear his take on things. And I, fa- I found some really insightful nuggets in there just kind of on the way he looks at success versus not. Um, and then, of course, we always wrap it up and have a little bit of fun joking around at the end. So super fun conversation. I appreciate everybody checking this out. Hope everybody has fun with this conversation as much as I did. With that being said, here we go. Welcome back to the podcast, Ross. How you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good to be back. Good to be with you. I've never met your dad, but uh, looking at you in the stash, it sounds like the whole world says you and your dad are twins. My <laughs> golly, look at that. Mm, you like it's so good if you shave that off how quick could you get that back a month that took about a month okay yeah it's about a month's worth of growth i feel like i thought you were a stronger facial hair grower guy this is very long ross i don't think it's really tough probably for you to comprehend through the the these cameras or whatever Uh but i mean dude it's yeah, it's Monopoly style, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's curled, the stuff up so here. So what's the plan with it? I don't know. I don't have an end game. It's, it's a bit of, like, yeah. <laughs> an issue for my yeah. spouse is she's a little worried, like, how long this is going to continue. Uh, the original idea was just let's do November, right, Movember, yeah. and uh, we'll see how it looks, man. But then I'm going on vacation in early December, so okay. it's like, why not let it bark through that? Right. I right. don't know. I don't know. There's something about it like you almost feel like you're in a character and you For can sure. kind of be a goofball and you can get away with it. You know what I mean? Wearing yes. sunglasses kind yes. of vibe. Yes. I I have realized that like my probably the last like four or five years, like I feel like I'm constantly a, right doing something different, like long hair, short hair, beard, no beard, right. mustache, you know, right. whatever. And so like when I like I just had a, a meeting with a client a couple days ago and walked in and he was growing his beard out. I've never seen him with facial hair for for yeah. hunting season. And he's like, Whoa, that's awesome. You know? And yeah. it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you look like. This shit plays no matter what. Yeah. There's something about it, man. There's something about it. Um, 
I like it. I like it. My boy, Pat, I don't know if you ever met him, but my buddy, Pat, I grew up with in Kansas city. He's in a band. He does kind of the same thing I do, but in Kansas city and uh, he grew his hair out, grew his mustache out, cut his hair into a mullet, rocking a thick mustache. And he's like, I don't know, man, I feel like I look ridiculous, but I love it. And I perform so much different. I don't care what people think about. I don't take myself so serious. It helps like just kind of, he's a, he's a pretty serious guy and it it takes a lot for him to just kind of be goofy in front of other people and, and like really put on a show and and he puts on a great show, but I'm saying when he, when he goes into when now he dresses the certain way and it's got the mullet and the mustache, he's in a certain character and he's like, bro, I just, I can't explain it, but my performance uh, has elevated tremendously. That's interesting. It so, is. And now you're an entertainer. You're a goddamn entertainer now. It, I mean, I don't know. I, I, not that it's a mask, right? But I feel like yeah. doing weird things and realizing, uh, sorry, I'm going into like advice bro mode, and realizing that people really don't give a shit like what you look like. Correct. You know what I mean? It's more about like Great. the content that you bring to the world. And I don't mean like content like this, but like, are you trustworthy? Are you on, you know, are you honest? Do you shoot straight? Like, are you loyal? Like things like that. Those are the, that's the things that matter. Nobody gives a fuck what you look like or remember when we were in high school and, uh, like logos, brands, at least at that time I felt were really big and important yeah. in, in the social. And it, like, so my kids, maybe because they're in elementary school, but just doing a ton of bar and bat mitzvahs and I see 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds. Mm-hmm. And like, it does like, it's just different. People don't really care what you look like. They can, they can rock any type of clothing. It doesn't matter if it's a brand or not. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe shoes still are important, but, um, we're only talking the important stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it, I also just don't care anymore in my life. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, that's it too. To the point, your, your world's a little different and we're going to talk about that, which is why I wanted to have you on, um, yeah. where, you know, somewhat an image matters. I, I understand that, but, uh, yeah, like for me, who cares if I'm wearing Costco jeans? Can I be honest with you? So, when Please. I was up in Minnesota this summer, yeah. uh, we went to Costco's family, big Costco day. And while Nina was doing something I didn't want to do, I just like a little child wandered off and I ended up in the clothing section and I bought three pairs of these Costco stretchy pants. They are by, by far my favorite pants I own in my closet. They were nineteen ninety nine, And I told her, I was like, I, I am not going anywhere else to buy pants anymore. They were fashionable. They were stretchy. They were comfortable. They look good with everything. Uh, like, like dress looking pants or like workout lounge pants. The, the best way I could describe it is like, they're kind of like Vans style. So they got like a sh- skater kind of vibe to them. Um, and they got, uh, you know, I think, uh, what, what's that golf brand? Like IZOD, IZOD, is that what it is? Yeah, IZOD or. IZOD. Yeah. And, and so I, one of the brands is that. Um, yeah. I don't even know the other brands. But they just got, they got like a, a Levi's kind of vibe, but they're hipper, cooler. They mm-hmm. kind of look like if, literally if they were put a Vans logo on them and I bought them at the Vans store. Yeah. Or, you know, it, it'd be kind of that. 100%. Dude. 1999. And they're so comfortable. You they're can't. How, how do you 
justify spending $120 on pants when you can find pants for $20. I know. <laughs> well, I did the $120 pant the day before the $19 ones. <laughs> whoops, whoops. No more. No more. Whoops. Right on. Well, hey, yeah, uh, thanks for jumping on, Ross. means a lot, Bloody man. as this always. And I, I it, what is his third, fourth appearance, something along those lines. Um, but today is less, you know, us being stupid, staying up late at night, drinking, whatever. I wanted to have you on because um, yeah. I wanted to talk, like, about your professional life and, like, have a serious, somewhat semi-serious conversation about it because – and I'm kind of like branching out beyond like just the, the traditional friend conversations and messing around and having fun. And like, yeah. uh, I've always been fascinated by what you've been able to accomplish and how you've done it and found this world within to operate. And I think it, you know, it, it, it speak, it will speak to a lot of people and it translates into whatever they're doing. So let's talk about mm -hmm. your professional life today. How's that sound? Let's do it. Let, let's do it, man. Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm excited that you actually give a shit. Uh, you know, when you do something for a living, sometimes you just don't really see certain accomplishments or see certain things. And then a year goes by and you look back and you're like, oh, shit, that was pretty cool. We did this. We did that. Yeah. Uh, and now we've been going at it for a while. So a lot of the honeymoon stage is over and it's just mm -hmm. like different problems and stuff as a small business owner. Yeah. So you don't see it. So having a conversation with you about this, actually I've been looking forward to this cause it's uh, it's changing up my routine throughout the day. I'm in the studio here at rock with you right now. Yeah. And, uh, and if we weren't doing this, I would be on my computer doing sales or doing something with the company that I do all the time. So this is just like a nice change. So thank you. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time. Um, so let's rewind. All right, let's go way back pre-rock with you ross right you 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 go to college right uh what was it golf fa oh fau, FAU. okay so well, you i went to i went to three colleges i went to so i grew up in kansas city yep and so i went one year at missouri valley like a d3 school mm -hmm. uh, i think it's d3 d3 school like in columbia missouri over by university of missouri okay and so i went there for a year didn't like it wanted to get out of missouri and then went to Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and then went to Broward Community College there for one year. Yeah. And then went up to Boca Raton, which is like 20 minutes from Fort Lauderdale, 20 minutes north, and did two years at FAU, Florida Atlantic. Okay. Okay. And so yeah. when you went to college, like what was the plan? Did you have a plan or were you just going and like experiencing that, which is the college yeah. life? Yeah, man. I, I, I had zero plan. Um, I moved to Florida to go with a couple of buddies uh, and just to try something different. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So my, my degree was mass communication like many people do because it's uh, on the easier side, number one. And number two, it's like that one thing where you don't really know what to do. You're like, ah, I'll just go with this and I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, but it was when I was down here, it was actually – it was um, the first week that my buddies and I were here. I moved here with my buddy Barth and Tim. Okay. His name's Ryan Barth. I call him Barth. And my boy Tim, who ironically works for me now at Rock With You, but we moved down here because he was going to go to art school. And he threw – we were playing catch our first week here. He threw a football over my head 
and it hit some tatted up guy with a ponytail. His name is George Valentine. I later found out. And, uh, and he had an entertainment company. And so that's kind of how I got, he, he, let me back up a little bit. So I went to go get the ball from him and we just started chatting. And then he told me a little bit about what he does for a living. He has this company and it was seemed a little fishy. We exchanged numbers and that was kind of that. But to ultimately answer your question, that happened literally the first week here. And then moving forward, I'm going to school. I have no idea. You know, nothing's really interesting me. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Okay. So, so as that clock starts to get closer to midnight and you start to think about life after college, sure. I think like everybody in college, as you're approaching graduation, when you're a senior or whenever, you know, what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? Unless you had like this super defined path uh, yeah. in college where you're going to go be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer or whatever. It starts exactly. to like sink in like, man, what am I going to do? Cause you, and it's a decision that, you know, will impact you for a while so like what's going through your head like are you starting to think like all right do i want to sell insurance do i like Definitely. What, where where was you where were you at at that time in your life so that guy valentine i got linked up with him for his job uh for his entertainment company and it was okay. djs mcs dancers doing private and corporate events right like okay. mainly a lot of the being down here in south florida the bar and bat mitzvah land is like it's a big market. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them. It's outdoing each other. Keep up, keeping up with the Goldsteins, right. Or the Schwartzes. Um, and that's kind of the, uh, it's just, it's a big thing down here. So you get a lot of celebrities that perform at these. You get a lot of, uh, just a touring artist that play with big musicians, dance for big artists that, they do this on the side because it's steady. It pays well. Mm -hmm. So I was very attracted to what Valentine's business was. So okay. he brought me in and I started off as a dancer. Okay. Couldn't even clap on beat. A couple of buddies I met there, Angelo and spider still hang out with to this day. Awesome dudes. Yeah. They literally taught me how to kind of clap on beat. So throughout that whole process of being with this company, Mm-hmm. That's when throughout college, it's the same time. That's when I'm like, all right, I really don't want to be behind a desk. I, I, my personality is not up for that. Right. I, I like this entertainment field. I've always liked the entertainment field. Sure. Uh, but I never really knew at what capacity I wanted to be in. Yeah. You know, like high school doing musicals and plays and, uh, like Mr. KHS, like the talent shows, like that was always so damn fun for me. Sure. So I always wanted to do something with that. I just didn't know what capacity. Okay. Um, so as college was going on, I'm working at this company and that's when the light bulb started kind of coming on of going, all right, I wouldn't mind maybe doing like sports broadcasting, a major in communication. Maybe I get into like sports broadcasting. I love sports. Sure. I really like, everything involved in like audio and production work mm -hmm. behind the scenes in front of the scenes. I just liked all of that. Okay. And then I found out, you know, to go into sports broadcasting, you have to be a really good writer. And so mm -hmm. I took myself out of that pretty quick. Sure. Okay. So, so you're doing this, how long did you work for, uh, whatever his name was, Mr. Angelo or whatever. Yeah, Valentine. Valentine, sorry. Valentine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Angelo Valentine, whatever. Angelo character. Yeah. 
How long were you working for him? I, I worked at, it was called Platinum Gold, which sounds like a strip club, but it's not. It does. Um, so I was working at Platinum Gold down here. They're out of business now, but at the time, they 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 had all the who's who uh, in like the entertainment side, like working for them. It was awesome. Okay. Um, I worked there for four years from like 2001 to 2005. Okay. I did that. I waited tables at Applebee's at the same time. Uh, that was when Applebee's was like the shit. Yeah, two for 20, 22, right? It was the shit, man. It yeah. really was. Um, so I, I waited tables there and then, you know, was dancing the first two years there. Okay. And then morphed my way into being an MC, kind of went through all the progressions and training and stuff to learn how to like have mic etiquette, talking to Mike. Um, and just, you know, manage, manage an event, rock a crowd, everything that goes into MCN. Sure. And so so you're doing that. You've graduated. You're just kind of grinding, right? Like whatever it takes to kind of stay ahead. What gave, exactly. you, what gave you the spark to say, I, I think I can do this either better or differently or just do yeah. it on my own? What gave you that spark? It was there two was things. One. Okay. In, in no particular order, but number one, um, uh, technology was changing. Music was changing and the company I was working for was not changing. Okay. So their entertainment, it was the same shit over and over and over. And I know it's a different audience for the most part every time, but you, you see a lot of, uh, overlap with some of the, the guests as well. So it's kind of like, man, they've already seen this performance. Like you guys should evolve your performance, switch, switch up the show, but that right. was their format. That's what they did really well. And so when music was changing, technology was changing the, the, the act wasn't like, if you go back to like, uh, that era of music, like uh, kind of like dance music was starting to like come into play. Mm hmm like the party rock anthems of the world and the LMFAOs. And, uh, you know, you always talk about early 2000 hip hops. I know you're a big nineties hip hop, early two thousands hip hop too. I'm assuming. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So things were just kind of like evolving in a company wasn't. So that was number one. I was just getting bored of it. And, uh, and I was actually getting in trouble for not performing certain things a certain way at an event. Okay. Like I would switch things up and then I would get it and, and I would switch it up. What I felt was for the better. Like the crowd would appreciate it. The crowd would rock. Everything was great. And then I would get called into the office basically the following week of just like, Hey, you didn't do this. You did this instead. You can't do that. And so that just kind of told me that, all right, the people I'm working with aren't really moving with the times. And I kind of see what's happening here mm -hmm. and more and more entertainers were complaining about the same thing. So that started lingering around. And then, um, and then, you know, at the time as performers, we would show up to a warehouse, load a box truck with all of the equipment for whatever the event. So let's say we're doing a bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. We'd show up in our own car to the warehouse, um, load up that box truck with all the equipment needed, take that box truck to the gig, unload it, set it all up and we're in South Florida. It's the swamp. Yeah. So you're just drenched, like literally just drenched. Yeah. So then you just kind of rinse off in the, in the bathroom uh, sink for the most part. Then you got to go out and then you perform and jump around like a clown for four hours. Yeah. 
and then break all the equipment down, load it back up. And then that might be just an afternoon party. Then we do the same thing on an evening party and go from one, one gig to the next. And then you're, we're back at three o'clock in the morning. We started at, you know, seven in the morning kind of thing. Jeez. Um, so just the wear and tear on that, how they never evolved uh, by bringing in technicians like bigger companies uh, of saying, you know what? We got the talent to rock the crowd. Let's bring in technicians. Let's bring in roadies mm-hmm. who are going to load the truck, set everything up. Right. Okay. Okay. If you go to a Bruno Mars concert. Bruno's not setting up his own shit. And I'm not saying I'm fucking Bruno Mars, but I'm saying it's, th- I felt that they dropped the ball by not being artist forward. And they were like, well, let's just these dancers and DJs and MCs are going to do everything anyways for us. Why spend the money for techs? So anyways, we all just got burnt out of kind of doing that. But then the kicker for me was when we would uh, show up to the gigs. It was our job as the MC, the master of ceremonies, the manager of the event. It was up to us MCs to collect the balance from the clients at the gig. Hmm. And sometimes they'd give us a check in a sealed envelope. Sometimes they'd give us a check in no envelope. Sometimes they would give us an envelope of cash. Sure. Which is just so scary to think about, but they would, so we would drive in the truck and it'd be like me and a DJ or one other person in the truck. And we're like, Oh cool. We just did this party. And just the balance alone was like, you know, six grand. And that's just a balance. And then we go to another gig and pick up a balance of 12 grand. And we're like, all right, well, that's 18 grand just from those two gigs. And they did 15 gigs tonight. And so it was like, man, and they're paying us 150 bucks per gig to do all this. So that was, that was like the big, man, we could do this so much better. Focus on the artist, take care of them, pay better. Mm-hmm. and still and that money could be ours okay so a lack of like a lack of evolution yeah kind of feeling like you're getting scolded for trying to be better than where yeah, you're trying to at. move a needle like move at the times you yeah. know you know how it is not i mean we're, we all get complacent so we're like nah i don't want i don't think we should do that you know we're sure. like the old guy get off my lawn sure and then you know ultimately um seeing how much money was in it you're kind of like hmm. that was a big mistake that they did this big is mistake. something i could do it, yeah oh, okay so like that that yeah. kind of like wraps up you know kind of gets you to this stage where you're like all right i think we could do this i think we could do it better so on and so forth the i like yeah. the leap from a spark right to all right, now let's go do it is a big right. one, right? So, like, how did you get from, I yeah. think I can do this, to let's roll? And, like, what yep. were some of the hurdles in accomplishing that? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, before I even got to that, like, my, I guess essentially what happened for me to finally say, fuck this, it's time for me to do my own thing. Yeah. Cause I always was, I'm a dreamer. My dad always calls me like, I just like, I dream about a lot of things, but I, I I've always had a hard time putting pen to paper. I would dream about oh, this would be so cool to do this or it's cool to do that. And I never quite knew how to like make that happen. Sure. And 
there was a gig I was doing in downtown Fort Lauderdale at the Riverside Hotel, I remember. And um, there's, cock, you know, a wedding, mitzvah, corporate event, whatever it is. There's usually a cocktail hour and then there's a reception. Mm-hmm. And all the guests, as they arrive, they valet, they do whatever, they park, they make their way in and they, they go to cocktail hour. So in cocktail hour, we have a couple of speakers. And at that time, it was, it was a CD player plugged into these speakers um, playing just background cocktail music. Mm-hmm. Then cocktail hour is over. Everybody goes into the reception. And then that's where the main entertainment's at. Yeah. So we obviously set up cocktail. We set up reception. Cocktail hour is over. Guests come in. We rock the party. Guests leave. We start breaking things down. We go to the cocktail room. Cocktail speakers are missing. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows where they're at. It's like, okay, well, we've been in the reception the whole time. Who took these speakers? Yeah. So we go through just talking to banquet people. We go to security, looking at cameras. Nobody can figure out where these speakers went. Lo and behold, we never found them. Okay. But I got called in the office, and uh, and they wanted me to pay 750 bucks at the time for the missing speakers. And I was like, you know, my boss, uh, Glenn, <laughs> I'm like, Glenn, I'm doing the events in the other room, in the reception. It's not my job to make sure, like, while I'm doing that, to also make sure this cocktail. And that's always been the standard. That's the process. It's just how it goes. Yeah. This one time, they just happened to be, I guess, stolen. Sure. So him and I didn't see eye to eye on that. And the fact that he did not understand that. Right. I was like, fuck this guy. I'm done. I'm done. And so then that's when, um, literally that night, I remember going down back, uh, to my house, living with my roommates at the time and just kind of started jotting down on a piece of paper. If I had an entertainment company, like what would I call it? Like that was like my first thought. It wasn't okay. what, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? It was just like, if I was to do this shit on my own, what would I call it? Okay. And then that is the, like that first step where it was like, okay, all right. I, I, I step forward. Let's, let's see what happens. How, how many terrible names did you come <laughs> up with before you landed on rock with you? Man, I, I'm so the old, <laughs> I can only remember two. Okay. There was, I wish I had the sheet still, man. I really do. I never thought rock with you would be what it is right now. I so wish I would have kept that sheet and framed it yeah. and put it in our studio. You know, but I don't, I don't have that sheet. The only two I remember was Shamrock Productions Okay. because my birthday's on St. Patty's Day. I was, I was helping my buddy Pat, who I mentioned earlier. I was booking um, his band and other bands in Kansas City mm-hmm. at the time, and I needed some make-believe name on invoices, so I came up with Shamrock Productions for that. Okay. And then the other one was uh, I was playing the, the card game Phase 10, and this is so so corny, but I was playing Phase Ten. Do you know that card game? I've heard of it. Yes. So I was like, "All right, what well, you know, Phase Ten? All right, so Phase One could be like the client calls. Phase Two is we go over packages <laughs> and paperwork. Phase Three is we set up a consultation and we talk about the experience that they're going for." And then phase, you know, fast forward, phase 10 is the execution of the party. Yeah. And 
I'm not creative at all. And, and so it was like shamrock or phase 10, nothing was clicking. I was like, I guess I'm going to do shamrock. And then it was my ex-girlfriend and I was driving her home one day and she's like, you should call it rock with you. I was like, that's fucking stupid. That's the cheesiest thing. She's like, but that's what you, that's what you do is you, you rock with people. I'm like, I know that that's why it's cheesy. That's the stupidest thing I've heard. So I'm not, I'm not doing that. I need something hipper, something more classy, sophisticated, rich luxury. I need something screaming that rock with you is stupid. And so that was like the end of the conversation. Okay. She's like, uh, well, whatever. I think it's pretty cool. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory and I think you can make it pretty hip. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And, uh, and for some reason, I don't know, just over time, I kept going back to that, kept going back to that. And I don't know, really know where in the process, but one day I just said, that's what it's going to be. It's okay. going to be rock with you. So there wasn't like a lightning bolt moment, like it's going to be rock with you. And it wasn't even a first option. It wasn't, a, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a first option. It was, I, I, there was definitely no lightning bolt. I think it was a matter of, I'm, I'm not creative enough. I don't have a big support team that I can reach out right now and say, I have this sure. make believe company. I'm looking to start. Like, can you guys help me with names? Okay. You know, okay. so, well, um, I'm just yeah. glad, you know, you worked for diamond gold. I'm glad you didn't like throw out like diamond gold is so good. Platinum gold. Oh, platinum gold. I'm glad that you didn't throw out like diamond titanium. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so you're, you're, you're conceptualizing a name. Was there any other work going on at that time or were you still just kind of like stuck on the name and that had to come first? Well, so I was still working at platinum and I was still at Applebee's. I just graduated college. Um, and so I actually, actually I quit Applebee's maybe right after college. And then I started doing, um, my first job out of college was this company called SWI digital over the phone sales, reaching out to doctors and attorneys to like get their SEO, get their name to pop up. If somebody types in South Florida doctor, yeah, it's the first, like that's when that SEO shit was yeah, getting like really big, optimization. right? Yes, exactly. So that I started doing that for 15 bucks an hour. Okay. Um, and I quit after three months. I'm like, this is miserable. Sure. Miserable. And I remember going down the elevator with the owner of that company and he had like a hundred people working for him. He drove a Bentley, this badass Bentley outside, lived on the beach mm -hmm. and he had awesome infectious energy or contagious energy. And, uh, and I, I can't remember his name, but he, um, he was just so hyped and excited and it was like eight in the morning. And I was like, what do I got to do to be that hype? And I'm like, that guy, he owns his own company. He sees all these people working for him. He he's, he's, uh, making money. He's yeah. happy. Sure. I'm like, how do I be that guy? Yeah. Um, so after three months I, I left that place and, uh, God, did I do anything after that? Oh yeah, of course I did. Um, I started working at a, uh, middle school. Okay. I, I started work. I, did you know that? I think, I think you mentioned it in one of the other episodes. Yeah. One of my DJ friends, his mom were, was like high up in the Broward County school district down here. Sure. And so she got me a job at a middle school doing like a guidance counselor assistant. So mm -hmm. basically just secretarial stuff. She was on her way. out was her last year. She couldn't connect to these 
inner city kids, fights, stabbings, guns, sure. middle school. It was like uh, Dangerous Minds movie yeah. kind of thing, right? And so I started, that's what it was. I was uh, working there for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I did that. And all while Rock With You was incorporated, um, but it just sat there. Okay. I didn't have, I wasn't doing anything with it. It just kind of sat there Okay. and, uh, social media wasn't really a thing. I think it was like MySpace. Um, didn't really know how to do it. I just had this make believe incorporated company. Okay. So what were like some of the steps that got you from, again, you, you so you named it. Um, what are some of the steps that get you from that to your first gig? Like how, yeah. What went into all of that? For sure. Uh, so our first gig was I was, I went on a cruise and I met some gal on the cruise. Her sister's daughter was, uh, in girl scouts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this lady doesn't know me. I can kind of fake the funk a little bit. And I told her I have this company and we do X, Y, and Z. And, uh, like we've done a, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Right. Like act like we've done a lot of events for rock with you, even though I have a lot of experience for the old place, but zero for rock with you. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, let's, uh, she needed a DJ for a girl scout event. And so, um, so I need to say I booked it for, I think it was like 300 bucks, maybe even less. Okay. But I have no equipment. And so I hit up, slim who's my business partner i hit slim up and i'm like hey man um and him and i've been talking about this for a while like i kind of skipped over that but him and i chatted about starting a company one day okay he was he's six years younger than me so he was just kind of like we're in two different he was going into college i was already out now we're just in two different mind frames um and places in our life so i was like dude i know you own a couple of speakers and a microphone and dj gear I don't have that. You know how to DJ. I don't. I know how to MC. You don't. So I'm going to grind. I'll book a gig, and I just need you to be there. And I'll give you 10% of this make-believe company. So I gave him, like, and he was like, yeah, I'm down. So it was like 90-10 split from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I booked that Girl Scout party. We did that gig. We put all the money into our bank account and didn't pay ourselves. From that gig, I got another, I got a referral from it. Mm -hmm. So then we went and did that gig. And then simultaneously, while that's there, just from word of mouth of other people, I got a call for another gig. Mm -hmm. So now we have gigs coming from two angles now. And then, you know, uh, just more talking to people about what we do. Um, Got a couple more leads We'd book it at all costs, put all the money back into our rock with you account. We wouldn't pay ourselves. We might pay ourselves like 50 bucks, something small. Sure. And then, and then it just kind of, you know, snowballed from that. Right. So you're, so you're, you're just, a, you know, two DJs, a microphone, right? Like turntables and a couple speakers. And you're just out there trying to collect whatever kind of gigs you can take no matter how sexy they may be, right? Do they pay money? I'm down, right? And and you reinvest. Like, how long were you reinvesting 
into your company before you felt like, okay, we've got something like we got a thing here and we have to kind of figure out how to make this work. Right. Cause I'm assuming and correct me if I'm wrong, like as you're starting out, right? Like maybe one or two gigs a week slash month, especially starting out. Right. And not even, yeah. Yeah. Not even right. Like it, it's slow. Right. So you've got another job. It, it's, it's not something that you're dependent on, but then as it picks yeah. up and it's becoming more and more frequent, there's this point where you're like, I can't continue to do both. And I haven't had to take a check from this yet. How do I, how do we make this sustainable yeah. and workable and livable at the same time? Like how long yeah. was that yeah. process for you? It was probably um, uh, about two two years, two and a half years. Sure. And uh, and number wise, we we know we told ourselves we wanted to get five thousand bucks into our checking account before we paid ourselves. Okay. So like, let's work. Let's get deposits. Let's get balances, and uh, let's get that the five k. Then we'll start paying ourselves. And I can't remember how we broke it down after that, um, but it was excuse me, it was, uh, 2006, 2007, 2008 was when I worked at the school district, Mm -hmm. had rock with you going. And I spent so much of the tax dollar money trying to build rock with you. I would do school stuff for, uh, I don't know, two hours out of the day. And then the other hours I would sit there and work on logos and reach out to graphic designers and uh, uh, get like mailer lists and use some of that money that we'd save up to try to like do these big mail lists to get out there. Mm-hmm. And at that time, man, we would get a lot of calls just from those mailers, uh, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it was, so we kind of chipped away at it from 2006 to 2008 ish. Sure. Then I got canned from the school. They, they surplus AKA laid off. Yep. Like uh, seven, 800 employees of Broward County. There was that, the whole recession. Oh, and, yeah. Um, they laid off a ton of people and I was one of them that they laid off. So I was collecting unemployment, 150 bucks straight cash per week. Nice. So that was the big thing where it was like, all right, I've always had another gig, another job. And I, and I would just, I had fun building rock with you, but you know, a little gig here, a little gig there, people book months in advance. So it was like, I book a job, but their gig isn't even for another year. Sure. So it was like, I'm not really seeing any of that money for a whole another year. And then, uh, and then when I got laid off, my wife at the time, she was working on radio, making gr- good money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she started covering rent. I was collecting unemployment. And I was like, listen, babe, I'm going to go all in on this rock with you thing. I've always had this plan, you know, had the security blanket at the school. And we both know of how I've always wanted to get out of that, but I just didn't have the balls to do it. Yeah. And now that they got rid of me before I even go back on the job market and try to figure my life out. Like I'm going to go all in. I got unemployment for six months. Let's go all in at six months and see what happens after that. And we got it to where it needed it, where I could survive by that six month mark. How'd you get, so how, 
right? Like what was, yeah. was it a lot of mailers? Like what's. It was guerrilla marketing at okay. its finest, literally going. Uh, so my techniques, I mean, nothing, uh, you know, too groundbreaking. It was going door to door. We, 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 um, you could get 10,000. There was like, you know, being in South Florida, there's real big industry of clubs, nightlife. Yeah. And so there was a lot of like flyer companies down here that would do, you could get 10,000 flyers made for 125 bucks. Wow. Yeah. So that might be elsewhere as well. But at the time it was like literally 10,000 of them. So we got a box of them, 10,000 of them, phone number, information, fake pictures that we stole from the internet. Uh, we didn't have any gigs under really under our belt that we'd want to put on this. So we found like stock photos and would just completely lie about this. Right. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, to make our flyer look better. And, uh, and so, yeah, we'd go door to door. Um, I would reach out one of my big techniques for the growing the mitzvahs. Cause we didn't start off doing weddings or corporate. It was like, we're only going to do bar, bar mitzvahs. That's all we know how to do. So it's okay. going to be bar mitzvahs. We're a bar mitzvah company. That's what we thought we were at the time, mm-hmm. which we were. And uh, so those mailers, I was able to get through one of my dancers that I knew her name is Tanisha she had a, a networking circle that would give you lists of whatever you needed. So you wanted certain families that have four kids, boys, girls, maybe all girls, all boys. You can dictate what you want. Sure. And uh, so I did that for families in certain cities and tax brackets, professions. I did it for um, schools. Okay. And so to ultimately answer your question, you, we, it just became a numbers game. We invested uh, like a thousand bucks into mailing these things out yeah. on postage. And we probably got like 20 solid leads back. Okay. And it was like, holy shit. We just booked like 20 jobs in a week. Yeah. All from the mailer. Yeah. So we repeated that a couple of times. Yeah. And now it was, you know, the numbers were just so much better because it was, it was just coming in more at a time, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I really look back that I forgot all about that. The mailers were massive. Yeah. It's it, it. That's kind of like a crazy thing to, as you mentioned, right? Like you forgot about to think back on, like that's yeah. how you had to build word of mouth because I feel like today, if you were to try to go out there and do this now, right, you would, you could spend 500 bucks, um, on Instagram, TikTok, whatever to do a really small little ad that like talks about your business and you can, those things you're talking about, like kind of like targeting certain things, those that's even more dialed in, right? Like, cause you can see who, who, who has Googled DJ services in the last month that lives in this area that makes this, you know, certain profiles like you can hyper target and it's super cheap to do that's yeah. why those companies ad revenue is so insane because so many people do that and they just target based on google searches 100 insane like 100%. But back in the day yeah it's crazy you had found that type of a, an, an avenue and then been able to connect with people yeah it seems so foreign now yeah you know yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, like you said, the social media is the new mailers. Yeah. It's the, it's the, you know, same kind of concept. Um, you know, but in the, some of the, 
to be mindful of, like when it comes to the bar mitzvah world, you like, it's a very tight knit community and moms and dads, when they're investing money in entertainment, they're, they're have such a concern of like, who are we bringing in? How are they going to connect to this crowd? Mm-hmm. Do the kids like them? And, and in the Jewish religion and, and culture and mitzvahs are more important than weddings. Sure. Um, and so they, they invest a lot of energy and money, um, into the bar mitzvah world. And so my point of this is my partner, Slim, he grew up next to, uh, this kid, Alex Kashmir. And, uh, and, uh, he, I, I can't remember the mom's name, but this kid, Alex was really young at the time. He was now having a bar mitzvah. They were out mowing the lawn one day and, the, and, uh, uh, Slim's dad was like mowing the lawn, talking to them, having, you know, yard talk and was like, yeah, you know, how's your son Greg doing? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, he's doing great. He's got this new company, blah, blah, blah. You should uh, have him hire them for the bar mitzvah. So we did that bar mitzvah for maybe like three grand. And we thought we were the richest people in the world. Sure. Um, at that time, MC, DJ, dancers, some audio equipment, a lot of that we had to rent. We made like no money, but the gross contract was three grand and we thought it was so much. But my point is from that mitzvah, we got like five or six other referrals of other kids that were there mm-hmm. that they needed a bar mitzvah. So then we booked those. And then that's, we're like, that's the secret sauce right there. All like our guests yeah. <laughs> are our future clients. Yeah. And I say that to this day, your guests are our future clients. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It just becomes word of mouth. And, you know, when you find a culture like that, right, that has such a tight knit vibe to it, right. They want to, you know, they want, they want to know, you know, yeah. and there's no better way to know than by attending one. So, um, very cool now so you get to this point where you're you're capable of doing it full time you know you're booking a three thousand dollar gig you feel like you've made it but looking back you know like that's not making it how how long did it feel um like for you till you found till you felt like jesus this is like gonna be my thing like was yeah. how long was that, and what was that moment if there was one? Honestly, man, like I think like um, like the, from the moment I was laid off, I felt like the the craziest weight off my shoulders. Um, you know, working at that digital over the phone sales company to the schools, Applebee's, everybody else. It was like just working for somebody I never just gelled with, man. Some people like my mom, like she, she loves being in that position. Like she could not imagine working for herself. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of people like that. That wasn't for me, man. It just wasn't. So the second that I got laid off from the school district, I, I was going to bed with a smile on my face, waking up with a smile on my face. Like I could put 100% of my energy into this one thing that I love. That was the moment where, I remember every Wednesday we'd go to a country bar down here called the roundup and we would just get demolished and I would just rack up my credit card bill and pay the minimum payment and just keep going into debt, keep going in debt from just spending 500 bucks at the bar. Sure. You know? Um, and 
that was the thing, going out with the boys and just doing all that. And when I caught wind of rock with you and felt that entrepreneurial seizure, they call it, I was like, this is the greatest drug ever. When you get locked in this, this might be how you feel with the podcast. Like you just get really jacked up on this new project. And I haven't had that feeling before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this something special here. And so I stopped, I started to not go out on Wednesdays with the boys. I caught myself staying at home and just working on how do I want my letterhead paper? How do I fold this? How could I do this? And maybe how can I make my mailers better? Uh, I got to get with a a new logo. Let me do this. Let me develop my packages a little bit different. Let me play with these numbers. And if I, if I pay a dancer 200 bucks, you know, what should I charge? I just had so much fun messing with all that and not partying, not going out, not doing anything. And I would just do that from morning to night. I was just in the, the, the lab cooking it up. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So what was there, was there a moment and how long did it take to find this moment? And maybe you haven't got there yet. I don't know Yeah. where you you're like, Holy shit. I made it. Yeah. I think there's been a couple of those moments. And, uh, and like you said, I think, um, any entrepreneur or just some, somebody who is just motivated for kind of what's next and type attitude. It's like, I don't think we're ever going to feel like we made it, made it. Sure. Right. Like there's always something else out there. I have a laundry list of projects to work on. I'm like, when I get these done, fuck yeah, I made it, you know, and you get those done. Mm-hmm. There's a whole nother list already compiled, but I think there's a couple moments. One was in 2010, we got our first office. Um, I met somebody at a bridal showcase, uh, this guy, Dan Cohen, he owned a company called Uplight at the time. Mm-hmm. And they did lighting uplights, dance lights, bar lights, things like that. He liked our brand, liked what we were doing, saw the buzz that was kind of going around about this new company rock with you. That seems to be providing events with some fresher entertainment. And, uh, so he had, uh, uh, where we're at right now, where I'm talking to you, this was his office, his warehouse. So okay. I think it was about 2,500 square feet in the section I'm in. Yeah. And there was one room upstairs of, that was vacant. And he's like, do you want to move into there? 500 bucks a month. And, uh, and so we're like done. So slim and I, that was our first office and we had two desks sitting pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was supposed to sit in there. We're like, all right, well, what do we do now? <laughs> Yeah. What do we do now? Right. We got an office. We're just staring at each other. What do we do? Yeah. But that was like, oh, shit. Okay. School's done. Like, we're making so, we're making a little bit more money. Like, we have some more in the account. We're able to, I think that was the moment we first started paying ourselves a salary. I think was 300 bucks a week is uh, what we started off. We finally saved enough money to pay ourselves a salary. Sure. And it started off at 300 bucks. And so between that 300 bucks plus we pay ourselves to actually perform the gig and we might make another three to 500 bucks for that. Yeah. And then plus my wife, Nina, you know, um, she had her money and was paying for a lot of stuff. So it was like, we're, we're able to survive. Yeah. Like I can pay my, pay my, my condo rent. Um, mm-hmm. we can eat like we're good. Yeah. So I think that, uh, I guess to answer your question, that was like number one where okay. it was, 
oh shit, this is real. I yeah. think we we close that chapter and opening up a new one. Okay. And so, what were what have been some of the others where you, you yeah you, they felt like milestones when we hired our first employee? Okay, it was Slim and I kind of maxed out on what we could do in a day. We were we were just so busy, um, and I remember just throwing stuff across our office, just overwhelmed. Didn't know how, this is my first time dealing with this pressure of a CEO and, and, you know, just dealing with the pressure of customers. And I think we might've had some complaints and things. I just was like, Oh my God, this is all new territory, super stressed. Yeah. And I didn't have enough time to like, to do it. And, uh, so it was the first time we hired our, our first employee. We sniped this girl, Brittany, who still works with us today. She's our top dog. She's a badass. Um, just kind of our VP of sales now. Sure. And, uh, she was a young gal working at a Marriott hotel who we met at a showcase and she didn't want to be in the hotel industry really work for hotels. Yeah. And so we got her on for cheap of what we could afford. She was all about the vision. And so that was like, number two was like, Oh my God, we have an employee now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and when- then all the pressures and stuff that just come with that now, mate, now it's like, Oh my God, now we have a culture. We got to start building and making sure that she wakes up every, every day with a smile on her face. Right. Right. Um, but what about like the other side of the coin? Like, did you ever run into some scenarios where you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make it, you know, man, I, I, I want to say yes, but not really. That's awesome. I, I, I mean, great. I hate to, yeah, yeah. It's like there's been some hiccups throughout the whole process, of course. Mm-hmm. But there really hasn't been like that that monumental situation um, that happened. Uh, like from day one to where we're at right now. So t- I look at being – when people say, when do you start business? When we got our office – and we were like all in, all in on this. And no one's else working for another gig. It was 2010. So I kind of say 2010 to today is like when we've been really going at it. Yeah. Um, but man, we've been in such a good position. We've been really smart. We were really frugal. And uh, and for a couple guys, just kind of figuring things out as it, as it goes, we've never, other than COVID, we've never gone down. It's always been a steady stream. Sure. Of growth sure. financially and margins, everything. Sure. That's awesome. That's I, I, so, I find it um, fascinating, right? That I'm asking you like, what are these milestones? Right. And I think a lot of people would probably want or, and, or assume they would assume that when you're talking milestones, it's like, yeah, we, the first year we made, $50,000 or $100,000 like or yeah. you know and I don't know your revenues I it, it's none of my business or the first year we made a million dollars right like whatever yeah. right and I, I think that's that speaks volumes right about you and like the mindset of like constantly trying to and just having the passion for the business that those that's not the things that you're talking about you know what I mean it's god we we had an office you know, something, it's $500 a month, man. Like 
that's less than a car payment nowadays, right? Yeah. But it meant so much at the time. It was like a sense of validation that we could get there and whatever. And then the first time you hire somebody and so on and so forth. And then to not also then look at the other side of that coin and think, because I'm sure that there were times when it was a little lean, when you've maybe you've made some investments or something. It never even crossed your mind. It was just, yeah, this is a it, it, it might be a dip here this month or whatever, but we're going to get through because we've got like so much passion and energy for the project that we know we're, we're going to be okay. Like, I, I think that just speaks volumes about like where your head is at with respect to what you've tried to do. Hell yeah. Love that, man. Thank you. Thank you. I I've always said, don't focus on the money and the money will come. Uh, I like I, the elevator store, the old boss, like I saw this guy showing up when he wanted to show up. He had this uh, independence vibe to him of just, or independency, um, of just, mm -hmm. uh, just like doing what he wanted to do. And right. I was so attracted to that of like, Oh my God. Cause every other job is like, you gotta be there at this exact time and you have to wait to punch out to do this. And, mm -hmm. um, and I just, uh, it, it didn't, mesh well with who I am and how I think and feel and stuff. So, and still to this day, man, that's how it always is. It's just like, uh, it's funny. Uh, yesterday, my sales team, myself and slim, we were all chatting and they're going over numbers and stuff. And the girls are like, Ross, how are you the CEO of the company? You don't really like care about the numbers and things like that. I'm like, number one, I'm not a numbers guy. Number two, I've never been somebody that's like, well, what, what's our, what's our, uh, you know, monthly projections here. What are we supposed to do? I'm just like, I'm going to put my, my head down and I'm going to sell as much as I can. And I'm going to rely on slim. Who's the numbers guy to be like, Hey, we're doing good. Or, Hey, you need to do more. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of how I've always rolled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said something else and I forgot what you said. Wanted to but just knock it down like, when so. things aren't going positive. Right. Um, just, it's impressive. It's impressive. Right. And I think that that probably also then like trans like impacts your employees to know that you're not walking around asking people how much, how much business have you closed this month or quarter yeah. or whatever. Right. I'm it's thinking about that. It's sell I'm good cringing. business, right? Like make yeah. good deals. We'll, we'll make it profitable. We'll deliver a good product and focus on the outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest will you take know, care going, of itself. Going back to your question, uh, I'm thinking about it. I wish I knew what year it was, but I, I, I'd probably say like 2012 mm -hmm. to 2013. Then that was another big, this is cool to talk about this because I forget about these things. <laughs> um, I would say a couple, yeah, 2012-ish was when we no longer were reaching out to people to get business. It was all incoming business. Phones were ringing, emails were going off, doors were knocking. People were coming to us. Sure. And I remember uh, doing breakfast with Slim going, dude, I couldn't tell you the last time I had to reach out to try to go get business. They're coming to us now. Hotels were coming to us. Event mm -hmm. planners were coming to us. Decor companies, florists were coming to us, photographers, videographers. Yeah. And it was like, this is fucking bizarre. 
and people like we just developed a big name. We developed a new format. Uh, it's safe. I, I mean, I really think we were kind of the pioneers in this new modern way of doing weddings and modern way of doing mitzvahs and corporate events. Sure. And people were catching on to it. And, uh, and so, other, and so other companies wanted to kind of jump on that coattail a little bit and be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 like, and you, you're talking about like a modern way, a new way to do it. I think anybody who's listened to this has been to a wedding or an event of some sort where there's a DJ, right. And, you know, you hear the chicken dance and, you know, they're playing all the cheesy traditional wedding songs. What it describe yeah. the vision of what you were doing and how it like plays out and why 100%. that's different. Cause I, I know I try to explain it to people who don't know you and they're like, huh? And then I show them like your Instagram and they're like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> right. Like there, there's a little bit of like, all right, he's not a wedding DJ. Got it. Right. So yeah. It, in, explain funny. that. A little bit. Yeah, it, dude, listen, man, I mean, doing this for so long now, I, I still have a really hard time putting it in an elevator pitch. Uh, I've, I've learned that in a talent-based service and entertainment, it's like scenes believing, words never justify, but I'll, here's my little snippet. From day one, we always knew we wanted to transform the perception of that conventional entertainment that you just mentioned. Yeah with a more modern and sophisticated experience. Okay. That's kind of our tagline. That was like, this is what we have to accomplish. So people that do weddings are usually classified as wedding DJs. Yeah. And then you have club DJs. There's like a big line that separates the type of people. Slim and I knew people in the club side and we knew people in the wedding side or mitzvah side. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, there's definitely a space in the middle. Why can't we go out there and find badass talent, badass DJs, MCs, dancers, musicians that work with top tier artists, work at top tier clubs who don't have egos and also want to come rock a wedding just as hard, get paid on the spot, not chase down a cokehead nightclub manager for their paycheck or maybe not even get paid and get home at six in the morning. They get mm -hmm. home earlier. There was all these different little angles with it. Yeah. And we're like, there's definitely a space right there of taking nightlife people, touring people and bring them to the social world and now performing weddings in just honestly a cooler way. Sure. Let's, let's throw some more swag into this wedding. Um, and I can break it down way more, but it's, it's like, it's how you talk on the mic with the music, when the, what type of music you're playing, how long you play a song for, when you chop it up, what type of edits, what type of remixes, um, you know, just that chemistry that you have, like you, you love sports radio and, and just podcasting when you hear imaging, like when you hear someone's jingles, just sound really good. You can tell that there was something about that versus another radio show, right? Yeah, like sure. the, the way that they do certain things. So we just kind of got in the lab and created our own format on like, all right, well, a typical Minneapolis wedding, you know, they walk in, 
you know, let's say the reception is from seven to midnight. So they walk in from cocktail hour into the reception at seven o'clock. And traditionally everybody just sits down, they do dinner, they do toast. And then there's just kind of a lot of sitting and talking. And now we're at nine o'clock. Now we go into some of the dancing Mm -hmm. and then by 10 o'clock, the energy's finally there. And now the the gigs over at midnight. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the traditional format still to this day in Minnesota, unfortunately, but we, we go against that, that grain a lot. And that's the people that want that different format, bring us in for that. But so somewhat we may do at a wedding would be when that room opens up at seven o'clock, we're rocking hard. We get everybody up dancing. Then we do a big grand entrance of the bridal party or bride and groom go into the first dance, go into maybe another 30 minute dance set. Mm-hmm. Then we set people down. Now you got like them at the, in the palm of your hand the rest of the night. Cause you just rock their faces off for the first hour. Sure. And then, all the in-between stuff. When you call people up, there's certain ways to call people up to make it fun. When you sit people down, there's ways to doing it. So you just put all those intangibles together and that just essentially makes like our products and what we do different. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've all been, we've, yeah, we've all been to a wedding that just, you know, it, there's some staleness to it, right? That it, you're there because obviously you love and support the people that you're there for, but um, sometimes the, 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 the song choices are questionable or there is a vibe <laughs> and then they cut the vibe off for seemingly no reason, just because this was yeah. what was next on their playlist. Um, you name it. Right. And then again, like to me, you know, you add to it, not only just like keeping the vibe going, but there's additional elements that you can bring when, uh, we'll just say like the finances are, are available, right. To, yeah. to continue to bring that, you know, from a band to dancers to, you know, all sorts of lighting. And a, I mean, you just turn it into a full blown, like club scene at times, if necessary. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. So. One of my favorite stories is, uh, who's the, who's the, the guy that you guys listen to? He's kind of, I don't know if he's the voice of the Vikings, but he's got his own sports show. Um, uh, uh, Paul Allen, no, Chris. Oh, Chris hockey. Yeah. Chris hockey. Yeah. So like, uh, love that guy, by the way, he's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a band, I've got the band name, like armadillos or something like that. Something armadillos, armadillos, something, but he's got a local band that's badass. Mm-hmm. And when, so in, in Fargo, North Dakota, um, we got hired separately to do Josh Demel's wedding. Yeah. And he, uh, hockey was outside and with their bands. Yep. And then I was inside kind of like, and we're going to split the party in two kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Hockey's band took like some weird, long extended break. Like they took like after their first set, they took a break. And, uh, and for some reason, it was just taking them a long time to get back on and perform. Yeah. So Josh was like, Josh and his wife, Audrey were like, bro, can you just like, I don't know what they're doing. Can you just start playing? And uh, so we can just kind of keep this going. So I'm inside the band's outside and I just start going teeing off in there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and needless to say, the band never played again and nobody (laughs) left. 
Everybody stayed where I was. No, the band went back on, tried to perform. There was like four people that would like be out there, and the band's like, "Okay, we're done." Sure. Like Josh just cut them off. Like, dude, we're all good. We're all done. So I bring that up just because it's uh, our, you know, without our certain format of just kind of doing it, I'm I I don't know. I don't know if we would have kept everybody. You know, they they might all went back to the band, and then I would have stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember I, I, you know, cause I DJ for the dolphins. And so I was walking into our press booth and we were playing the Vikings last season. And as I was walking in, Chris Hawkey's walking out and I'm like, Hey, you know, what, what's your name? And he, he's looking at me like just kind of a creep. And he's like, Chris, Chris hockey. And I was like, Oh dude, didn't you do Josh Demel's wedding? And he's like, yeah. I was like, dude, I, I DJ that. And he's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> And I was like, "Why? What did I do?" He's like, "You." He's like, "Fuck you! You had everybody dancing. Nobody came back to our set, you know." And it was all just for fun. He gave me yeah. a hug, and he's like, "I just thought it was kind of funny that, uh, yeah, I never thought I would ever see him, and I saw him at the Dolphin sure. press box, and right. he's like, the first thing is like, "Fuck you, bro." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, that's show business, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Lose, you lose. I'm taking the crowd. Yeah, dude. Like, should have been yeah. on stage. No offense, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, I so, randomly, like, did you ever run into uh, Diamond Gold guy? Platinum Gold. Platinum. Sorry. I keep saying I keep calling it Diamond, man. I love it. Yeah, whatever. Whatever his fucking yeah. company was called. Yeah. Mix some elements together. Silver, bronze. Um, did you ever run into him again in like circles and like have conversations about this or still to this day? Okay. And like, how do so those go? I, the first time I didn't see him for maybe five, six, seven years. Yeah. Right. And then his, his company eventually went bankrupt. Okay. And now he does sales at another company and now it's through that company. They do like specialty act stuff. If you want like people, like bartenders descending from the ceiling, hanging upside down, doing flamethrowers. Like they just do like specialty weird act type stuff. Sure. So a lot of our events will overlap. We come in doing the, the, the main entertainment and then they do all the, the, the novelty entertainment. Okay. And so, um, God, man, I, I remember, I don't remember where I saw him for the first time, but, uh, it was like, very awkward like hey wow how you doing mm-hmm. oh my god good to see you how things been like a lot of that like holy shit this is weird kind of thing yeah um and somewhere in that conversation he was asking me like what made me what made me do it like what made me he kept calling it this is his backyard what made he it was like, why would you open up this in like in our backyard? Like when we this is what we were doing. Why would you not open it up somewhere else? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just of course rub me the wrong way. Uh, and so, I, and I told him I said, uh, well, one of the main reasons why I I did go off on my own is I remember being with you on your yacht in the ocean and you talking about how you are a multimillionaire. <laughs> Super douchey. Yeah. But I was like, motherfucker, man, this guy has a DJ company and he's a multimillionaire. Yeah. And this guy is 
a cheese ball. Like this guy is douchey. Everything about, I love the guy, but he just, he, he, he's very douchey in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, uh, I just couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe that this guy was a multimillionaire and just for doing bar mitzvahs, mm-hmm. like they were pretty much a bar mitzvah company Yeah, in one little market. And so, and he's like, I can't believe I told you that. God damn it. And we just kind of laughed about it. You know, like he's grown up since then, you know, but he's, uh, uh, I was like, yeah, man. I mean, it, like I didn't ever have any idea really what type of money was involved with this. And so that was like a big reason too of like, fuck, I could go do this on my own, do it better. And maybe I could be a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, I've ran into him uh, a few times, obviously since then I usually see him like once a year at some random gig. Yeah. I'll, I'll see him. That's hilarious that he kind of felt like he owned the area. Right. Yeah. And maybe- he's, he's from Long Island, New York, um, did it up there. Him and his brother moved to South Florida, started down here. They have monopoly. They were literally the only mitzvah company. So they had Miami to Palm beach to Naples, Fort Myers, wow. Orlando, everybody. So they blew up quick mm-hmm. and, uh, and they, I feel like they just, they never focused on the actual culture and the people. So when times were changing, people needed raises. They weren't given raises. They, they wouldn't do this and they wouldn't do that. And they just lost, they lost the locker room, man. They were yeah. fucking Josh Daniels. It. Yeah. They lost the edge, right? They weren't, they weren't evolving. Like you said, they yeah treated you poorly when you tried to like do something better to help the, the situation. Right. And, but you know how you like you at that time, you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't like this sucks, blah, blah, blah. Now you look back one of our biggest compliments that we get from our musicians to, to this day, all of our talent, our office staff, our talent, everybody, mm-hmm. technicians, everybody. They say, you guys care so much about us. Like we force everybody to take time off. We create these blackout weeks to make sure that we're not booking gigs on certain weeks, Christmas, um, uh, uh, Passover week, 4th of July. There's other times that we're just like, we're not booking any gigs. Everybody don't work. I'm going to pay everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting paid. Don't work. Everyone take time off. We created unlimited vacation. You yeah. can have unlimited vacation at rock with you. If you were, if you work at rock, like in the office, yeah. as long as you don't mess up your own personal goals and your teammates goals, company's goals, mm-hmm. you can have unlimited vacation. Sure. You just have to organize and prioritize. Yeah. It's just little things like that. I don't know if I would be in that mindset if my old bosses didn't take advantage of us so much. Sure. So it's like I look back at that going, thank God they took advantage of us. Right. Yeah, I mean, I am thankful for, like, all the good leaders I've experienced, right, in my life that have shown me, like, man, these guys do it right, and I respect the hell out of that and so on and so forth, but I'm just as thankful for all of the shitty people that I've worked with that have kind of shown yeah like that have shown me the way like man that is not how to do it it's just not you know it maybe maybe you're getting away with it and maybe it's working for you um but it's not going to work out in the long run uh somebody yeah somebody will evolve and adapt and and create a different company you know because there's no such thing like you can't have a monopoly. It is literally illegal to do in this country, <laughs> right? And so unless yeah. you're willing yeah. to, you know, people over profits, right? And pay your people, treat them well, 
you're going to get the best talent. Yeah. You're going to you're going to have the best people that are going to continue to support you and and grind for you. And then they're yeah. not, they're not going to leave you to say yeah. They're not going to yeah. have that moment you had and be like, man, fuck this Ross guy. He's treating me like shit, making me work on Christmas and charging me for speakers. I'm not going to go undercut him. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. That's it, man. We're an artist forward company, artist forward thinking and everything under artists is, you know, office staff tech, everybody, yeah. everyone is an artist for us. So, um, it's artist forward thinking. We, uh, I love our clients. I love our customers, but our people's are number one. Sure. Our, 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 our whole team is one. And then the clients is two or one, a one B, however way you want to look at it. And, uh, I see so many companies outside of our industry focus so much on the customer and their people. Second, man, I, I like, if you were to ask like, what's that one thing? And maybe you did ask this and I beat around the bush, but what's that one thing that, uh, took rock with you to a whole nother level was from day one. We always knew we wanted our pe uh, to focus on our people first and uh, clients second. If our people are happy, we know the product's going to be good. We know things will just get figured out. Yeah. But if the people that are working with you aren't happy, like, uh, I couldn't even imagine running a business like that. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Dude, it permeates into every business on the planet, right? If if I feel, and I'm just speaking generally, but if, if, if I were to feel like, man, the people who I work for have my back, support me, take care of me, make sure that I'm like in the right space. When I see an issue, I'm absolutely going to jump on that grenade, right? And, uh, and yeah. deal with that issue. And because I want us to continue to be able to operate like this, right? And I'm not going to wait for somebody else to handle it. But if you're treating me like shit and you're asking me to do all this bullshit that you know doesn't impact us and and really is just kind of a drag and you, you you know constantly nitpicking and oh you didn't play this song when you're supposed to type bullshit right well man when a problem comes up the first thing out of my mouth is gonna be that ain't my job yep yep you know and that's not how you find success right it everybody says they hate that phrase that's not my job well there's one way to make sure people never say that and that's to take care of them and make sure that you're there for them, right? Like leadership is you're, you serve the people under you. They don't serve you. Do you, you know? coach? What's that? Do you coach? Like, do you coach for Jackson at all? Yeah, or? roughly. Yeah. Yeah. One, I've done it a couple times. It's, you know, very small stuff, but yeah. It, I, do, do you have interest in doing more with it? Like kind of like what Nick's doing with uh, football. Do you have any interest? Cause I feel like you would, you would crush that on, on just you're so aware of like <laughs> the the transformation of going to a kid to an adult and like we're still kids at heart and you're just like I feel like you have a good way of like breaking it down to kids of like let me let me really fucking break this down for you young sure. Jimmy sure yeah, I know? mean I, I, I'm not uh, opposed to it right I currently it's not on the horizon just because yeah. we're in it now, right? Just kind of like you are with your kids and the age that they're in and, you know, time is precious. And so I want to spend as much of it with them as possible and, and whatnot. But, you know, I get that 
I try to find that spark like in what I'm doing, right? And support the people I work with and help them find their success and so on and so forth. And, and then we're all successful, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe someday when Jack's older, like I'll really dive into it. Yeah, dude, like coaching is a wild deal. I just had my buddy, my other buddy, Ross, uh, that I played ball with in college on, Mm. uh, and he was telling this story of when he was in pro ball and he got, he was essentially told by the Dodgers, dude, you're, you're ready and you're going to be up in a year. Like you'll be in the show in one year, but he was getting nitpicked to death, right? Um, so, you know, like take a plate and divide it into five parts and say he threw a strike on the furthest, you know, on the black and that would be a one, but the, the pitching coach called for it to be on two, which is just inside that he'd get shredded for that. Right. Like after Mm. the game. Right. And just, just death by a thousand paper cuts. And mentally he, he just kind of, he had lost his confidence and his, he didn't feel like himself and he ended up just walking away. Right. And you know, cause when you're at a level like that, when you have talented people around you, you don't need to tell them how to do an event. You don't need to you're tell right. a guy, a kid who throws 96 miles an hour, how to throw a fucking baseball or how to pitch. You need to be pumping that kid's tires up every single day and give them confidence and they will go out there and just kill whatever they're in, right? They're going to go kill as long as they feel like they have that support and that confidence behind them. It's okay to make mistakes. Dude, we all do it. You know what I mean? You gave away a wheelchair and said something really stupid in the process, (laughs) right? Like it happens to the best of us. It's okay. Like it's not the end of the world. Quit acting like it is. That's my boy, Andy Reid. My boy Andy Reid with the Chiefs, man. I mean, that's that's people talk about that all the time. Of just that's what he's known for is letting people be themselves, uh, showcase their personalities. I'm not gonna fucking nitpick these little things. Like you know what you're here for. Do your job. You're you're good. You'll be mm-hmm. good. I'm gonna pump you up. You're all right. I'm not gonna yell at you. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's yeah. wild. Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah. It, it it it's it's a crazy. It's so simple and so many people just miss yeah. i feel like so when you find those things when you find those scenarios like you have created you know you got to protect it at all costs how are the podcast how's the podcast thing going good having you fun still school. loving it absolutely dude that's why we're doing so this good. at the time we're doing it right like i'm still having a good time and you know maybe someday i'll be able to make some money off of it but for now i'm just having fun and yeah, um, it's so good. I, 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 I really want you to have like, I know I was asking like, hey, for GFD, let's bring your shit. And you're like, ah, I don't really want to fucking deal with setting it up and breaking it down. To me, it's no big deal because that's what we do for a living. We fill right. up box trucks and semis full of production right. gear and we set it all up in one day, do the gig, break it down, it's back in the warehouse. So for a suitcase or a road case with your stuff, I'm like, bro, it's not that big of a deal. Like, we'll get this down. I'll do it. Right. Right. You know, and uh, I, I feel I am requesting that as a fan of you, uh, <laughs> I am requesting that you take your show on the road. You know, you have all, all like one thing that I love about you, Jeff, is that you give a fuck so much about being connected to your friends. Like 
the whole text message thing, which that's a whole other story I want to come back about. I've come around as a fan and fanatic, but yes, you're so damn good about like you cherish texting with your friends, talking to your friends, hanging out with your friends, blah, blah, blah. This whole thing, this podcast thing is such a vehicle for you to go to Nick's house, go to Chuck's house, get people together. Let's meet at a corner of a restaurant and get together, kick back some beers in a private room at a quarter deck. I know. Like there's so much fun with that. That's Yeah, that's a goal. I hope to be able to start to do that um, sooner rather than later. You will. You can. There is right. no hope. Like, it will. You yeah. Just, you just no, do it. absolutely. You're right. It is just a do it scenario, like get together. Um, it's a, it's in its current form, but it'll continue to evolve. Right. It's and what you're doing right now. It's just like, Hey, next step is like, I want to do it with somebody. A hundred percent. I got two mics. Yeah. Let's go. Right. Like let's cook. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Two, you two you, guys in one mic. Uh, no, come on. Stop. <laughs> Um, but you mentioned, right. You, you said you'd came around and you, you, you brought it up a while ago that you wanted to discuss your fanatic mindset surrounding text messages during games. Cause there's, there are some people who have had some comments about your views. Rightfully so. Surrounding fandom, fanhood. And so you, you said you had a little bit of a yeah, breakthrough. Yeah. I'm curious to hear where you're at now regarding this. All right. So, you know, last time we chatted about all this, yeah, it, you know, my mindset has always been like, get off the phone, focus on the game, yep. be with the people you're with and watch. And I realized I was, I always get together with my usual suspects on watching these games mm-hmm. and it never really dawned on me that I've have, haven't been in a situation like you or someone else where you guys don't get together for every game. Mm-hmm. You guys, you might just be by yourself. You might be with your wife and kids and that's kind of that. And you're not really with the boys. I've always like did whatever I could to be with the boys for chiefs games. Sure. So with that being said, uh, this season, for some reason, it's been very difficult mm. to get the boys together. Yeah. And so my business partner, Slim, has been splitting his time in L.A. Yeah. Uh, Tim has been really busy with just rock with you work. Uh, but then they got a new house and, and just life. Yeah. And, uh, and then my boy, Barth, who literally lives across the street from my house. You walk out of my driveway, you walk into his driveway. Okay. And he can't even find time to come over to me because now his kids are a little older. He's teaching or coaching. Yeah. And a lot of these games are on Sundays, So now yep. he can't make it. So this season I've had to watch a lot of the games by myself and they're texting and I'm like, fuck. And now I start texting and a play happens and then we text about it. And then a play happens and we text about it. And somewhere along the line, I don't know if it was game one or two, but somewhere along the line, it wasn't that I was like enjoying it, but it was like this, if you can't be with the book, with the boys in person, this is number two in line. Yeah. And it's, it's better than nothing. <laughs> it's better than nothing. And I remember telling Nina, I'm like, I gave Jeff so much shit. I've been so passionate. I get really fucking <laughs> mad when people don't pay attention to their game and they want to chat and fucking talk work and talk other stupid shit on the side. I get so mad about that. 
And I was so passionate talking about, and then now I'm turning and I'm pissed off. Welcome. And Welcome I, to the fold. I drank the juice. I'm texting my friends during games. God damn it. Yeah, dude. Welcome. Like that's, that's why it. we do it. You know, I get it. it, it you, you can't be in the same room and bitch about it or, you know, high five each other or whatever. Right. So shoot off a text. There's 30 or excuse me, 40 seconds between plays. I know. I Plenty know. of time. I owe you an apology. <laughs> I, I really, my, my tail's between my legs. I owe you an apology, man. I, and everybody in any, any of the five people that cared about what I was saying, it's uh, I, I apologize to all five of you, man. I, I love so, that. I love that you have continued to evolve. Yeah. I actually, I was going to hit you up when I hit that moment and I was like, I'll change. No, this is just a moment. <laughs> how I feel right now. I'll go back. Yeah. I'll go back. And then they didn't come the week after that. So I, I was back to texting with them. I'm like, I guess this is, this is season 23. That's classic. Classic. So, Good for you. Brother. I get it. I apologize. It's fun. No, dude, it's fucking awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Hey, I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're all in the thick of things. Um, you got anything else you want to add? Brother? We'll hit chapter two, man. I, I like this. Next time I do this, I want to like get a journal and write some of this stuff down because uh, you forget about a lot of these these uh, chapters of mm-hmm. growing a small business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's part of your story, right? And again, I think it's a fascinating one. I think anybody who's who's making a leap uh, like this, similar, you know, pick an industry, right? It's important to remember kind of like where you came from. 100%. Yeah. Where you're going, you know, why you're doing it, all those things. Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, it just This is exciting, man. Yeah. Gives if, you some context. Uh, if, if any of your tens of millions of listeners want to check us out on Instagram, it's uh, at rock with you. Absolutely. Just the letter U. That's a whole nother story. Started off Y-O-U, and then it got dropped to U. Why is that? Um, and so thank God it got dropped to you because it's it just it's way cooler. Why, why did you drop it? I went to go buy the website, the the domain, and Rock With You was taken. Interesting. So it went, but Rock With the letter U was open. And I remember being super pissed off about it. Okay. And uh, I was like, all right, well, it's better than nothing. I didn't want to get .net or whatever the other options were. So it was like, all right, let's just go rockwithyou.com. Nice. And then, like, <laughs> just thank God we did. It just uh, so much more you can do with it from just uh, imaging and branding, you know? Yeah. So And so you guys, you have your Instagram at Rock With You. Any other yeah, socials? The Instagram and the website, Rock With You, just the okay. letter U, rockwithyou.com. And then the Instagram at Rock With You. You're not you're not into the TikTok shit yet? You know, I think uh we're gonna maybe do that at the beginning of twenty twenty four. Because I mean like, I, I feel like it would translate well. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. We just wanna um I don't wanna I don't wanna go into it. Like we got a Twitter and then it just kind of floated around. And I've learned over time, like if you're not going to go all in on that and like really focus on your followers and give them good shit and you have, you know, your brand that you see a lot of value. And then you look at your Twitter and there's 200 followers and it diminishes the value of where you're at with those things. So it's like, you know what, unless we're going all in on it, like I'd rather I've learned just to just don't have it at all. 
Sure. And so, um, but it is, I think we're going to, the algorithm and TikTok is, uh, sounds like it's like the real deal. Um, yeah, man, we'll see. Right on, right on, brother. 2024. Right I got on, many dude. more stories for you. I'm excited to talk about, but we'll, we'll play some golf. Hell yeah. Hell yeah That's dude. what we should do. Get a couple of clip on mics, attach the recorder. You get the receiver the re- that goes onto the golf cart. And we go around, we play a game, a round of golf and do a podcast. That hasn't been done. Yes, it has. A podcast, maybe like, a documentary or camera crews following people around and they kind of like talk a little bit, but like a three hour round of golf being recorded. Yeah. I'm not sure we're entertaining enough for three and you're being very aggressive with a three hour round of golf. I've seen you play. (laughs) All right. Probably end up being more like five. And I don't know if we would have, I still don't understand that. I I don't understand why you guys call me a slow golfer. I'm not, I don't, I don't understand. We've explained it. It's not that you're slow at golfing. It's slow. It's that you're slow at getting to golf, right? It's in between. You're doing everything under the sun while we're golfing, except golfing. And then you grab your club and you hit. It's like, I just don't, I don't see that at all. That's such a pet (laughs) peeve of mine. I don't see that at all. Let's fucking get some cameras on us and go out to Cedar Creek. God damn. Say when. I'm pissed off again. Say when, brother. We'll do it. All right. I play normal golf. Sure. Sure you do. Sure you do. You're just lucky you're decent at golf. Otherwise, it would be a really long time. You know what's on my uh, calendar for next Tuesday? Getting my GFD trophy engraved. I haven't done that yet. We've. I mean, we buried the lead. You are the current and reigning champ. How how did that feel? It's about time. Ah, uh, well, let's see. I think out of uh, there was about twenty percent of the people still there to congratulate me after GFT. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is just something we have to figure out. Everyone's so quick to get out of there, right? No, it's 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 every year. It's like the final people in the final car are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we got to get we got to get some GFD founding members on a podcast on how we can fix that. That'd be kind of fun, right? Yeah, just bullshitting on ways to improve the boys' golf yeah. outing for sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. brother. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna let you get back to it. I got to get going. I got some other yes, shit sir. to do. Kids coming home. You know how Love that you, goes. But thank uh, you for this, man. This made, I feel I feel great. This this was awesome chatting about it. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, as always, cheers to all of your success, my friend. Yes, sir. Likewise. Uh, love you, brother. Love you too. Tell say hi to the family and, uh, yes, you keep, sir. You keep up on, uh, Amelia's golf game. It's fun to keep watch. Keep on trucking, baby. Get fun ready. Get ready. Absolutely. All right, brother. Take care. Right, we'll you. talk soon. Peace. Love you too. Right. Everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It means an absolute ton to me. Hope everybody is having a great day and a great week and just, getting out there and killing it and getting after it. If you enjoy this, please be a friend. Let somebody know. Share it with the world, especially some of these stories that uh, are not just Jeff and his friends screwing around, being idiots. I do think that that stuff can help anybody. You know, take a leap, make a jump, you name it. Uh, Yeah, so all that being said, I appreciate everybody for coming along on this journey with me. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week, and I look forward to connecting with you all again next week. 
Until next time.